So I'm here with OTT wrestler Keith Maloney, better known as Pa Ward. How are you, Keith? Yeah, not too bad. How are you getting on? I'm not too bad. It's nice to see you. That's good. Yeah, I haven't seen each other in a while now since you moved. It's been too long. Very, way too long. Spire Perry's time to it out, yeah. I will be up for points when uh, when they're allowed up there. It could be a while yet. Ah, definitely. Definitely do it, though, yeah. Should be, should be sometime next year, anyway. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to through lockdown and all that? Well, um, not really much you can get up to, I suppose. Like, we'll kind of just start a master's in September and teaching. Uh, that's going well. So, teaching now during the week and then doing college during the week. So, college from home, it's kind of, it's a bit annoying, but like, you know, there's nothing you can do at the moment. Like, so, yeah. It's not the same, is it? No, it's 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 like, there's all sorts of technical issues that happen, like especially like, like my laptop is just terrible, so it's, it freezes at any opportunity. So it's just really, really hard to get anything done at home. And it's, the motivation isn't there either; like it's just way too hard. Yeah, you can just stay in bed and do everything. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're probably better off on your phone. Yeah, that's that's it. Like I think that I've been doing it now the last few weeks on my phone, like watching lectures and like doing stuff like that, but it's. It's just, it's, it's kind of just, like I said, it's, if I wanted to do an assignment, I'd go to the movie in college, but just can't even do that now. So it's way too hard to get motivated at home, you know? Yeah, that's what I used to do as well, just go into the library, because you'd be guaranteed, right, I've gone in here for four hours, shit's going to get done, and then I can go out with the piss or do whatever I want. But the library yeah. is always a safe space. Yeah. That's that's it, and then you go to the pool afterwards. <laughs> yeah, to celebrate. <laughs> How did you get into wrestling? Um, well, like, like everybody, like I watched it when I was younger and then there was me and my mate were talking for ages, like, oh, we'll go up and we'll, we'll do it one day, you know, and we'll, we'll definitely like give it a go. And then, cause we thought it was ages away. We thought it was in like, it was in Inchicore at the time. We thought that was a world away. And then, um, looked it up and it said that there was a free wrestling training, um, trial class. And I looked it up and it was around the back of the stone boat in Kimmage. And I was like, just oh, around yeah. And I was like, if, if I hadn't known that age ago, I would be training since I was maybe like 12 or something. But like, um, but no, yeah, no. So I was 16 when I started. I started in main stage. Um, yeah. Johnny Nataro and Bam Kadraz were my first trainers. And then Joe came back from the States a few months later and then uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. We, uh, was that was that after Joe was in NXT? Joe was in America when I uh, when I joined, and then a few months later, I think it was I joined in the May or March. I think it was. I think it was May, and then by September he was back, and he was then he was our full time trainer. Uh, learned like. He's just got such a great mind in the business. Like, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. Like, it's like he'll say something and it'll just make sense like that. It'll just, it just clicks. Um, so definitely one of the best trainers in the world. Uh, so we were very lucky to have him since I was 16. Yeah, because before the pandemic, the wrestling in this country was just going up and up and up and up. And obviously it's hit a point now, kind of where the whole entertainment sector has really. So it's going to be, when things get back to normal, do you think the crowds and all will still be there and up first, or do you think it'll have to be kind of built back up again? 
Yeah, I think we had this conversation um, a few of the, the lads from uh, wrestling and we were saying that I think now that it's it's going to just absolutely skyrocket again. Like I think people have just been away from it for too long and you could literally put on any sort of show and people will go. Like, I mean, Phoenix Wrestling in Cork put on a show uh, where they uh, didn't have, like it was kind of just like trainees and stuff because at the time Dublin had the most cases. Um, and so not a lot of people were, uh, and then they Dublin went into lockdown itself, and then so they weren't getting any Dublin talent in. So it was kind of just their own home grounds. But, but like there were so many people went to see it because it was it was wrestling, like you know. Um, still some good talent down in Phoenix, uh, really good talent, and it's but like I said, like just people are just going to flock. I'd say just to these things. Um, same with concerts and gigs and stuff. Like people are just going to. Uh, flock to them because they haven't seen them in so long you know what I mean have you been down in Phoenix uh, yeah wrestled on their opening show their first ever show in the Kino I think it was yeah and then we did another show in Doland in Limerick and that was that was that was pretty <laughs> that was it was me and Joe against uh, Club Tropicana and um, we really good match. I enjoyed it, and uh, we came out to a live band playing uh, Rocky Road to Dublin. Well, so that was really cool. Deadly, like like Jericho uh, at every pay per view in like two thousand and three. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dolan's a pretty big venue. It's really intimate, so like there's no guardrails or anything. There's like the crowd are just like right beside the ring. Um. And then there's they're up on a balcony as well, so it's really really good when it's sold out. And it's like like I said, like this. I think the smaller the venue and the more people that are in it, the bigger the atmosphere and the how like it's just really really good. Um, yeah, Dolan's was definitely one of my favorite places to work. Uh, even though I had an orange jersey robbed there in OTT, but we won't. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of OTT and the characters that you and Joe and Rocky Mac were portrayed and like. How did that conversation come about, or how did you come up with the idea? No, uh, it's a funny story. I was I was struggling when I was seven, 17, and I was struggling to get a gimmick. I was just this this lad that would just get jobbed out to everyone, and then because I was so skinny and small, like, and then I came to Joe and I said, like, because he had come back from the states and he didn't really want to do Luther Ward anymore. He was going to go back to doing Omen. And then just didn't show us his own. And, and so I went up to him and I was like, oh, do you mind if I have that, Kimmy? Would I be able to use that? And he was like, you can have it. Take it all you want. Like, um, and so he then got a message from a place in Germany, I think it was. And like he hadn't, he hadn't wrestled as Luther Ward on anything else but house shows for NXT. So I don't know how they knew him as Luther Ward. But they, said, they messaged him saying, oh, can can we can you like send us a video as Luther Ward and then we're gonna book you as Luther Ward? So he was like, we were down in training one day and he got me and the lad is now Terry Thatcher uh to be in the background as like um uh like members of hit the Ward family. And uh yeah, it kind of just went from there. The, that video blew up then on the internet and then we decided that we were gonna do some more. And actually, uh, that video blew up, and then 
we there was a house show so it was like a down where we trained we had a show and uh nobody really wanted to kind of take play take their part on it they were like oh well, we, did, we don't think we're ready for it yet now obviously i i, th- I thought i was and I, I was like so i had a few few shows on my belt i was a bit confident from yeah. training with a lot and joe said um joe said he was going to work it then and i had told him in uh i told i had asked him before about the taking the gimmick and he was like oh, i'll just work it with you then and so we did a tag team me and him uh and again we put a Put out a video before that and it blew up again and then so then we did that match and he was enjoying it then and we was just decided we'd go for it and rocky mac was uh involved because <laughs> uh joe was looking for someone with an adidas uh, like a kind of like a jacket like a really old jacket and rocky mac texted him saying, oh you know i've got one if you want it and then that's how he kind of joined yeah. in because he has personality is so so funny and so like big that he was he was always gonna uh blow up like no matter what uh but yeah that's how it became but yeah no it's 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 a, it's a long story but it's, it's a good one but then obviously after that we went and did the all those videos that are online still on youtube um and again it's it's it was all just about getting it getting all the content out there and then people just eating up that content and then loving it and then wanting more um yeah that's it really <laughs> did you ever get any stick from people for the characters or anything like that um we got one uh oh, it was on our first show our first big show was the wars um we were told that like because there was certain people around the area that wanted to uh that had seen the videos were coming we're going to come down to the show we were told right. and, uh we were like oh geez what do we do and we were told that like if they step into the into the ring like we can essentially beat the fuck out of them <laughs> <laughs> um, to use joe's term it was uh launch them like a website <laughs> but uh yeah no in the end they didn't end up showing up like but it was it was it was just just they'd seen the stuff online and they were like oh who are these people like uh are they you know taking the piss or whatever uh, we're gonna come down there and so the whole day was just full of already coming are they not are they not coming like it was and, and you're and you're trying to worry about like doing a show and yeah everything was, right and then that's in your head as well that was my first ever like big show like all the other shows had been on in like where we trained so that was in a gaa hall in tala uh st mark's and so we were like i was fairly i was still only 17 at the time uh so i was fairly like nervous but uh and that was kind of the last thing i needed to be worrying about was somebody coming in beating us off like <laughs> <laughs> what memories have you got from the tivoli it was a fantastic venue oh it's, it's so good like i yeah i just remember there's there's so much to remember like we were the first ever show will always be in my mind like that was that which one was, which one was that now who was at that because i think i was at that one that was that book pg that was us against the lads uh from the flat in the main yes i was there yeah yeah such a good like it was it was strange because we didn't know how many we were going to get we were real like um, we were real nervous because the whole for for ages ireland was always just full of wrestling that was kid friendly and family friendly and then we were like right we need to make something like like what icw were doing like what like what so many 
things like like CZW in, in, in America were doing. And we were kind of wondering, is there really a market there for it in Ireland? And first few shows, like it, they may not have sold out, but the atmosphere was like it was sold out. Um, I mean, people just loved it. And then the talent that was on it, like, uh, I remember, I remember I was in school that day as well. Like it was a Friday, Friday, October 3rd, uh, 2014. And I was in school and for the, for the whole day, I was just shitting myself. Uh, like, cause 17 year old in the main event of Ireland's first ever, uh, over 18 show, uh, absolutely pooing myself in, in school, like, but. Then you go to the venue then later on and like, it's just, it, it was just so nice. Cause it was just, like I said earlier on about Dolan's, like it's real small and like real intimate. And that's what's so great about it. Like the, the atmosphere in there. Like we said, if we went to a, a, a place that was bigger, we'd, it, we, we were worried that the atmosphere wouldn't be the same. And now it's a shame that's gone. Um, because I had some of my best matches in there. Like some of my, like my match with Paul Tracy, uh, match against obviously the lads from the flats was a brilliant match i always loved working them um the kings of the north you know like just kind of it, it's just it just brings back great memories of a time in my life when i was you know when i was really involved with wrestling before i got injured like uh, i went with my friend kevin who doesn't watch wrestling and when we left there he turned to me and said that's the best tenor i ever spent yeah that's that's what we said as well. We were like, look, we're not just looking to attract people that want to watch wrestling. We're attracting people that want to see entertainment. And like, it's in town as well. It ends at about half ten. So come there, have a few drinks, and then head out later that night. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what it was. And there were some good drinks deals that in that Tivoli. I just I wasn't there. I wasn't old enough to uh, partake in them after the shows. It was cans and Jaeger bombs and everything. It was great. It was like four cans for tenor or something, or something ridiculous like that. But um, yeah, no, it's it it it's definitely somewhere that's like the the shows are getting bigger in Ireland, definitely. Um, OTT is one of the biggest companies in the world, definitely the biggest in Europe. And but you know, I just don't think it's it's ever going to be the same without the Tivoli. I think the Tivoli is just such an amazing uh, venue, and even even with like we went back there two years ago for the last ever show and i was so privileged to be a part of that like and wrestling uh paul tracy and charlie sterling uh i was terrible in that match as well i was absolutely shocking but it was it was i that was my first time wrestling there for two years before that and i remember going out there and just like it just felt the exact same and it was just amazing great feeling like it's it's just it's somewhere that's definitely going to be told like really really important to me forever um yeah just a shame it's gone now like i think shortly after that event i think it could have been six weeks or two months later it was the sabu event remember when sabu came over yeah that was that was in may the year after i think or april that was that was a mental show yeah because uh kevin of course that loved the first show was like oh i'll go back and um was it Sabu broke his ribs that night, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> he was absolute, the guardrail. absolute monster. Like, and then he was, I, oh no, I didn't really watch that match, but I remember seeing the highlights back and he tried to do a dive 
and I think he broke his ribs. Or he got knocked off the apron and broke his ribs off that uh, that big guardrail thing. And um, then he went to do a dive later on, and he just couldn't get himself up. So he just threw himself over the top rope and like head planted into the lads, the uh, the Kings in North. But um, yeah, no, that that was a really good match as well, or that was a really good show as well. To have the main event was it was Jigsaw, Pete Dunne, and Ryan Smile for the Money in the Bank. I think. Yeah, that was a brilliant match. Brilliant match. J- Jigsaw as well. Was, was obviously, I don't need to say how good Pete He's Dunham. a super talent. Jigsaw is just so good. Yeah. Really, like, really underrated, I think. Um, really cool guy as well, but uh, definitely his stuff in the ring is incredible. I think, can't remember who we worked on that show. I think it was, I think, that, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, it was the uh, Fabulous Nikki and Ultra Star Angel Cruz. Um, yeah, really, two of my, they're two of my best mates in wrestling as well. So that was great to great to go out there and wrestle against those two. But uh, a good match as well. The uh, the Sabu with the broken ribs didn't deter him. Uh, we bumped into him in the pub afterwards in the Tom's yeah. house, drinking a few pints, acting like everything was grand. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I went up to him and I was like, "Oh, look, I know I I was wrestling on the card and all, but can I get a can I get a picture with you?" And he was like, "No, kid, fuck off." And I was like. Oh my god! <laughs> he's like, I'm only joking. Come here! I was like, oh, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, no, really oh. cool. Uh, great to have him there as well. Who was your favorite opponent in OTT? Looking back on it, like, Oof, looking back on it, um, I always loved working the lads. The last few flats, I'd say I've had probably the majority of my matches again. Like one of them or both of them. Um, but I, I think I'd probably have to say uh, Kings of the North. I think we we wrestled them so many times in OTT, um, and like just never can't think of a time I had a bad match with them. Uh, yeah, I think the Corvin and Bonesaw, just like they're two two great lads, two brilliant talents. Um, and obviously uh, Duncan Disorderly who doesn't wrestle anymore now uh, so good super athletic just absolute monster in the ring that's I I, I kind of base that off as well that's my fa- one of my favourite matches I think if not my favourite match that I was a part of was uh, against them in Limerick um, yeah definitely so I'd say I, I would say Kings of the North uh, if I was to say anybody uh, but then I, I worked I worked guys like Guys that I learned a lot from, like uh, Kenny Williams, learned a lot from working him, and then even like Be Cool as well. Worked like worked a match against Kenny Williams and Be Cool, and then uh, worked with Be Cool as well as a tag team. And it's he's just, I if he was wrestling anywhere else but Ireland, like I'd say he'd be full time. You know, uh, it's just it's so hard for like to get full time work here. In, in, in Ireland as a wrestler like you have to kind of go <coughs> you have to kind of go abroad like <coughs> so um yeah no I'd say he was <coughs> sorry <laughs> COVID COVID <laughs> um, it just hurt me so much to compliment Barry like that uh, no if he was wrestling in, in England I'd say he'd definitely be full time um, yeah I think like yeah, so 
I just answered this really long just to say things, but I'd say I, I, you learn you learn a lot off everybody you work with, especially and even working with Joe as a tag team, like great mind for the business that he'll always come back and just give you feedback about what happened in the match. Like speaking of England, you went over there. Was it last year or the year before? I uh, think it's two, morphing into one. Two years ago now, yeah, uh, September or well, yeah, no, August two years ago. Um, yeah, myself and Be Cool went over, wrestled in London for Project W, and then wrestled in uh, Bournemouth for can't remember the name WrestleForce, WrestleForce, yeah, um, yeah, really good, really good. Uh, it was it was almost like a, we were worked in a place called the uh, Resgal. It was, it's like a smaller version of the Tivoli. Like, it was really, really good. It was like, it, you're in there and you kind of get Tivoli vibes off it. And the crowd were just so good as well. So, like, uh, yeah, myself, Rocky Mac and Barry, or Beak Hill, worked. Uh, Costa K, uh, Malik and Big G. They worked Hoss Industries, I think. Yeah, that was absolutely such an enjoyable match. Like, that's so much fun in it. Is there much difference between the English crowd and the Irish crowd? Um, see, I I'd say the Irish like probably just me being biased, but like the I the Irish crowd are I think are better because I mean nothing's ever going to beat that Tivoli crowd, and then even even going to OTT contenders and stuff and seeing you know that crowd in the the ringside, uh, it's like they they're just so good. They're just so into everything, and they give you so much as well. But that crowd now was probably the closest to OTT you'd, you'd, you'd get, like, um, the one in London. Now, the one in Bournemouth the next day was kind of, uh, that was just a family-friendly show, so that wasn't really, you're not really going to get much out of them, um, you know, because it's just kids that like it, and then their their mom and dads that will just be silent throughout the whole thing because they have no interest in it. Like, um, Yeah. What's the most controversial thing you've seen at a kids' show? Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, just thought of that question there. Now, does that come to mind? Uh, I don't think I've seen that many controversial things, um, or, or something where the parents go, "Oh Jesus, sir." I, I no, I don't know if this is this the story now for for certain because I'm I wasn't there. From what I heard, I think it was. It was Duncan Disorderly definitely against somebody. And I think he took a, uh, what's it called? He took like a suplex into the into the uh, corner and landed on his neck. And he pretended that he was really, really hurt and that he was like he had broken his neck. Uh, and then like the referee's going over to him and he's like pretending like he's just like completely out that he, his neck is broken. And then everybody in the crowd starts panicking. And I think like it was either his mom or something was there, or like one of his relatives was there, and they were all panicking and panicking. And then like, and his opponent didn't even know like what he, what what was going on. And then his opponent went over his neck and he rolled him up. And it was just like had everybody just worrying about like that your man had actually like broken his neck or even died in the ring. Like, but again, it wasn't it wasn't there. So I I don't actually, I just remember hearing that story. It was about four years ago that I heard that story. Uh, but yeah, I think that'd probably be most controversial because I don't think people. I think we're very we're very wary when we go out in front of those crowds to not uh, to not say anything. I mean, I was I was chanting Brits out at the one in Bournemouth, 
Um, but they didn't even they couldn't even understand what I was saying. Like especially when I was, <laughs> it's just hadn't a breeze. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the most controversial. So it's Undertaker's last hurrah tonight in WWE. So, okay, is there any particular match that comes to mind that you think was his best or one that you liked? Uh, well, as soon as you say the name Undertaker, I immediately think of that Shawn Michaels match at, um, at WrestleMania. But the two of them, um, back-to-back, they're just absolutely amazing. Uh, I also think of a lot of the stuff he did with Brock Lesnar as well when I was growing up in like 2002 and 2003. He was really good. And the Hell in a Cell against Brock Lesnar is definitely something that comes to mind. But yeah, such a, such a great talent. And imagine going for that long. But, uh, probably should have packed it in before that Goldberg match. It's just awful. I, I somehow get the feeling that it's not quite over yet. Even yeah, though this is the last hurrah. It no, it never is. Like the last hurrah for him was about three years ago as well, when he was he was he was wrestling Sting, I think it was at Survivor Series. Was it? Oh, no, it was Triple H, wasn't it? He was wrestling. Uh, he was wrestling somebody, and it was like, oh, this is the last Undertaker match ever. Um, so the Brock Lesnar match was supposed to be the last match ever, and then obviously the money comes in. I think you know, and the Saudi Arabian uh, thing comes in, and that's obviously a lot of money. But like Ric Flair as well. Ric Flair was. Uh, had to retire from uh, WWE because of that match against Shawn Michaels, and then fucked off the TNA, like, and then came back to WWE. So it, it never ends with them. And it's the same with Hulk Hogan as well. It's it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Undertaker show up at WrestleMania in two years' time, or even next year. Like, yeah, it's hard to say, have like the Undertaker's last appearance and no crowd there as well. Yeah, and I think it's. I think as well, it's it's 30 years of Taker, I think it is. I remember seeing yeah. I saw on social media. So I think that they're just making a big deal saying, oh, it's 30 years of Taker, so this is his last hurrah. And then, like, it, it won't be, like, he'll come back. Uh, and as well, if, especially if, if you've been around the business for so long, like, 30 years is a good chunk of his life. Like, it's going to be very hard to stay away from the wrestling business. Like, you're going to get, especially if he's sitting at home and he's just getting temptations just to go back and he gets a call then from, either Triple H or Vince, he'll want to go back, you know? And uh, it was like, it's it's like kind of anyone, like if, if they're sitting at home and they get a call, I was like, oh, do you want to come back? And like, it's like, yeah, even like Mike Tyson now, uh, this weekend, yeah. he's obviously got a call told, this is the money that's that's happening here. Uh, do you want to come back and give it a go? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, what else am I doing? He put out, he's on Cameo as of yesterday, The Undertaker, but... He released 30 cameos for a grand each, and they sold out yesterday. Really? Oh, my God. That is, there's some serious money in that cameo stuff. Like 30 uh, grand for taking a few videos in the house. Not bad. That's good. You should start doing that, Mars. Yeah, I don't think it'd be very successful. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a bit of sad news this year when Ryan Smile passed away. Uh, yeah. What are your What are your memories with him? Um. Yeah, that that was that was real, real shocking. I think it happened. It just happened so quickly, and like he he was he was obviously such a huge part of OTC's history. Um, and like I would, like I I wouldn't have been massively close to him. 
Um, you know, we would have just wrestled on the same shows when he was over here. But it definitely hit me because it's like, you know, that's somebody that I used to know, like that's that's uh tragically passed away. Like and but yeah, some of the memories though definitely obviously all of him, the Tivoli, he was just an incredible talent. Uh used to go out there and throw everything to the crowd, like used to just like oh, he used to put his, put himself through absolute wars in there just for the sake of the sake of putting on a show, and that's that's something that has to be admired. Like, and it's and that's what wrestling is like. It's it's you know giving everything for a crowd to not go home disappointed. Like they he knew that they paid to see him, and that he was gonna give them their money's worth, and especially when he was champion. But. I'll now ne- I'll just now ne- I'll never forget like how he used to come back after every after every match and like or even before every match he'd go out and say like oh none of you is abs- none of you is bother out there tonight because I'm gonna go out there and steal the show and like you look at it and you go do you know what like that is so cocky but then he'd go out there and he'd back it up every single time and uh, the the lasting memory is like with him is when myself and Rocky Mack were having that kind of feud. We had a match against Terry Duncan and Valley One Bruiser, and I, f- we, he hit the ropes for the, the people's elbow, and I went to super kick him, and we were kind of debating all day whether or not to super kick him, um, or to whether or not I should super kick him, and then he, we just decided ultimately, like, like that's not, I'll fake it, you hold on to the ropes, and then we'll, um, and then like we just build up the suspense so we don't hit each other. And then he was he was watching backstage. I had no idea he was watching backstage. And we come back and he was like, Oh my god, mate, that was incredible. You like I, I saw the super kick coming and I thought you were gonna hit the super kick. And then you didn't hit the super kick. And it was oh that was amazing. And like normally like, I'd be like, Oh yeah, no, thanks very much. But it was coming from Ryan Smile. I was like, that is that's just the ultimate prayer for somebody backstage at an OTT show. Um yeah, it's just it's so sad, like um what's what happened but uh it kind of and hit home as well about like you have to just check up on people because you never know what people are going through especially now with all this going on like you know people could be losing their businesses and losing like really important loved ones it's just it's it really just hammers home the point of have to look after each other you know and it was it's you know we we did a great thing with the the gofundme you know joe set it up and it was uh really good but yeah I don't think any amount of money is gonna replace the uh the the spirit and the the talent and the person that he was like. Yeah. And he, he was there from the very beginning, sure. He was we talked about before that first main event. Yeah. Him Tivoli. Him Jigsaw. Him and Pete Dunn actually wrestled on the first show. And I remember watching that. And that's like that was that was Pete Dunne and Ryan Small when they were both really, really young. And I remember just seeing it going, oh, my God. Like, and I was obviously younger, like, but I remember going, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, they're just, just two, two absolute stars in the making. And, yeah, that's, that's kind of what just sticks with me. Just a lot of the um, – just seeing him all the time in the like, it's, it would blow you away. Like, you, you, you could go in there and, like, not like wrestling and just come out and see Ryan Smile and just come out and be – a huge fan of wrestling and a huge fan of Ryan Smile. Yeah. So what does the what does the future hold for you? Are you partaking in any more wrestling or 
I'd absolutely love to, and I hate it because I can't. Because I've I've had to essentially retire from my career uh, in wrestling because my shoulder. I've got a horrible like shoulder injury that just won't go away. Um, it just keeps coming out of its socket every now and again. Well, most times I'm wrestling. Um, and like sometimes when I'm in, when I'm doing daily stuff, like I put on my coat there last week and it came out like, and it's just, it's, I've been seeing physios and it's just not, it didn't really work. Um, so I think the damage has been done so much that I'd probably have to get surgery. Um, but as a, as a student doing his master's, I'm not really sure I can afford surgery at the moment. So at the moment, it doesn't look like there's going to be anything. Like I'd love to get involved in some of the backstage stuff, like or behind the scenes stuff, you know. Uh, helping Joe maybe like with the kind of promotion side or like the business side or whatever but uh, as for the in-ring stuff I don't think um, I don't think anytime soon I'll be I'll be back unfortunately uh, but again like we talked about Undertaker you know you never say never never say never since <laughs> Finny Mac <laughs> right it was great catching up with you anyway you too Morris great to thanks for having me here it's, no uh, problem. Fantastic to, to to talk to you again, and definitely definitely meet up when when uh, this is this is all over. Straight to McGowan's. Straight to McGowan's of uh, Love Harold's Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Official.